You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the <laughs> Welcome, you are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Nick. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined on this Halloween day, as always, by my co-host, my co-ghost, the editor of The Smoking Cuban. Oh my God. What you no, got for you me, Isaac? Not. I have nothing for you now. I'm about to leave. You just call me a co-ghost? <laughs> I'm not Casper? That's <laughs> 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 so dang funny. <laughs> you'd, Nick, I'd, I'd go to your door and you'd give me like a toothbrush or something after that joke. <laughs> Do you ever get something stupid, like a toothbrush or something? Yeah, toothbrush. That's so dumb. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm uh, all about, okay. I was, we're Both. all about ch- church stuff, but when people, <laughs> ha- when people hand me Bible verses and I'm wanting candy, all right, bro. Like, I was just about you better to be that. attaching that verse to a Kit Kat. That's all I care about. Don't be handing out just verses. I want a verse and a Kit Kat. Yeah, like in the bible it says to eat the scroll and like that's obviously a metaphor guys like we we <laughs> man cannot live on bread alone because he needs candy too that's <laughs> especially on halloween last night yeah. we went to uh if anybody knows matt chandler's church we went to the village they do this trunk or treat thing yeah and uh we went with our friends and they have this two-year-old kid he has never eaten candy before in his life this is his oh first my time gosh. he was relatively tame i was very surprised by his his self-discipline and so they dress up all these like trunks you know like the trunk of your car in all these different ways like there's you know uh, like a bunch of trolls ones from that movie and uh somebody had a basketball hoop you know connected to the back of theirs there was like this somebody made like this tree out of the the back of their trunk and so it was like a trunk in a trunk oh clever yeah that was cool (laughs) yeah do you have a favorite costume that you wore growing up I have two costumes that I always tell people. One year, I was uh, a ba- I was a basketball hoop. <laughs> Just like a goal? Yeah. Whoa, what this, the heck? I had this cutout like poster board, like a like a hard poster board behind my head, and then I had a uh, like a waste basket that looked like a, a net, like hanging underneath. And so I tried to use it as candy, but it got too heavy, so I had to use something else. But yeah, I was a basketball hoop one year. And then another year, I was Carmelo Anthony. What the heck? So random. Denver jersey or like in a Denver jersey? I still have it in my closet. My mom made me these like black cornrows and put them in my hair too. What the heck? She like sewed them in my hair. My mom. My mom was legit with Halloween. She would. She would always show up big for us. Hey, some people. I saw this thing a few days ago. Halloween's like the second highest like money grossing holiday. And behind Christmas, and I'm like, dang. Like, I guess some people. I mean, like, I always went trick or treating, and like, we would decorate like maybe the front of our house growing up to like for trick or treaters. But some people go like really hardcore. That's kind of cool, I guess. Mike Bassick was talking on the fan today about how you know where he lives. You know, he lives in like a really nice neighborhood because he played for the Rangers. Uh, that he he like buys a hundred dollars worth of candy to give out every single year, and he runs out by like eight o'clock. By eight, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, that's a crazy thing. Like in Kentucky, like I just remember being cold. Like there was some, like I would pick well, that, out a costume that's thinking. That's thinking like about five it. miles between each house. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> All that's between uh, you and the next house is like miles of bluegrass. Right? It's, it's cows. No, like, <laughs> but I just remember like picking out like outfits or costumes thinking, oh man, it's going to be like really cold. And in Dallas, I mean, it's like 95 when you're trick-or-treating and you're like, dang, it's too hot. Except it's supposed to be raining today. It's supposed to, it's like literally at five o'clock, there's a 95% chance of rain, at least the last time I checked, which is hilarious, but really sad for all the kids. That is really sad. Last, last Halloween thing I have, is there a better Halloween movie than Hocus Pocus? I don't really get do you, Halloween movies very much. Do you, do you like Hocus Pocus? Cause this is a make or break moment of our life yeah isn't the, our wasn't friendship. there like five of them no there's one like five witches or five five movies because oh, there's only was, i thought they had a bunch of sequels no 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 hocus pocus Halloween? stands alone i've already, i watched it like two weeks ago i'm gonna watch it again today that one's I love the, that one's the disney channel movie with the three witches yes love hocus pocus love hocus pocus i laugh like it takes a lot for me to laugh in movies. Like a lot of these funny movies that people like, I just don't like, I don't laugh at all. But for some reason that movie has like three or four parts that I just love. And I laugh every time, but I love Hocus Pocus. Before so. we get to what we're going to talk about today, let's give another shout out to draft. It is the app that we are using the app that we are using for our daily fantasy needs. And we are starting uh, our own league. It will be on Wednesday. So tomorrow uh, you guys can get on draft you can go, uh, you only have to deposit like a dollar to start draft. And if you use the promo code LOMAVS, L-O-M-A-V-S, you will get $3 for like a free entry for a $3 league. And so we are starting a $3 league. It's just a one night thing. Follow me, locked on Nick, and then you will be part of our league. All right, do that draft. It's also a really fun app. I, I, I'm addicted to it. So I've had to put it on the, I've had to put it on hold for a couple days and you know, that's like I've had to be very self-disciplined and not using draft and wasting all my money. All right. I told you on Twitter that I did not want to talk about this game. You were going to do this, the Mavericks versus the jazz. You were going to do everything in your power to try to get me to talk about this game. Uh, so let's start out with our November, our November guesses. We went and <laughs> guessed what the Mavericks record was going to be through, October through October. And, it was not great. Both of us guessed that the Mavs would be four and four. Isaac, how close did we get? Uh, not very close. Uh, we were three wins off because Dallas um, came away with one victory for the month. Dallas is one in seven. Yeah. I was looking at it, though, and uh, they had a lot of really close losses, though. It's not like they were getting blown out every single game. They lost by six, five. Then there's the 16 and the 30-point loss. The 30-point loss is the Golden State. Then the, then a 5 and a 2, and then whatever tonight was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, that's four single-digit losses, you know, for, for the month of October. So it, it wasn't terrible. You know, there are some things that they can, you know, fix up. Uh, getting Seth Curry back is – I'm working on a piece right now about how he, you know, coming back is going to really help them. Um, so it, it's not – like the ship isn't – drown like we're not the end of the titanic movie we're like in the middle of the titanic movie and we can redeem we can fix the boat at this point there's no fix dr andrews he has no fix for the boat it's gonna sink at always that's the doctor in titanic i love titanic i thought you were talking about dr james andrews like the the famous 
sports physician. Oh, yeah. I Same was guy. like, wow, that was a random reference to, <laughs> to Dr. James Andrews. Like, shout out to him. <laughs> so, all right, the Mavericks play. The Mavericks play 14 games in the month of November, Isaac. We have mm. not told each other what our win prediction is going to be. Isaac? Are you going to go through these teams? Like, no, name them really we're not quick? going through all well, – the stretch is super hard. They play the Timberwolves twice. They play the Cavs. They play the Wizards. They play the Oklahoma City twice. They play the Spurs twice. Play the Gri- <laughs> they play the Grizzlies again. Play the Celtics. They play the Clippers to start it out. I mean, there's a couple more like smattered in there. Giannis is coming to town to the AAC. You guys should definitely go because if you miss Giannis coming to town, you you know as soon as he wins the MVP, everybody's going to be coming to town. And the tickets are going to be super expensive. So get in now. Yeah, and you got to see the the freak freak of a athleticism he has it's crazy like, um when you look at the schedule for november there's pretty much just like what one game out of 14 that is a team that is not going to finish probably in the top five of their conference or let's just four. say a team that doesn't have an all-star <laughs> or two all-stars yeah yeah true. The, the nets the nets and the pelicans are probably the only teams on this list that are probably going to oh, miss yeah, the pelicans. playoffs yeah, uh, but the Pelicans have the two guys that destroy the Mavericks the most. I mean, those guys like, mashed the Mavericks last time they played, and the, the, their interior defense did not get any better. And uh, and the other like twelve games of the month is it's not just playoff teams, but like top four playoff teams yeah. in each of their conferences. <laughs> Celtics, for the, Spurs, for the most part. <laughs> OKC yeah. and like you know Minnesota, whatever. But um, I'm gonna say Dallas is gonna win three games. Oh, I thought I was going low. I went with four. Okay. Okay. Dang. Your optimism is has been chiseled down to nothing, Isaac. <laughs> okay. Well, they just lost to Atlanta and Sacramento. And Sacramento. Like, Atlanta was, was first game of the season, like, home opener Atlanta. We talked uh, up that game so much. Like, it was a – like. Not a must-win game for the Mavericks, but like a definitely win game for the Mavericks. That's why, like, that's why I don't care to talk about this Utah game. I'll talk about this Utah game for the next hour. But the Atlanta game made me more mad than anything. Like, there's no reason to lose against Atlanta home opener. Like Utah, you kind of get. I mean, they have all stars, or they have Gobert and like good players. So you have four wins. I have three wins. No, this I week- have three. You have four. Oh, I'm sorry. I have four wins for the Mavericks. You have three wins for the Mavericks. Um, at the end of this month, we will do a payoff. One of us will do. We decided not to do it for this past month because we tied. We're going to do our best not to tie for forever because it's boring. So this month, we will do a payoff. Tweet us your payoff ideas. Uh, one of the ideas that I've had is Isaac has to respond to my opening entry question of what you got for me, Isaac. He has to respond to it by singing a Taylor Swift song to me on the podcast at least like a couple he has to do the chorus twice how about that so that is one idea that i've had guys send in your ideas tweet us at lockdown mavs at nick van exit at isaac harris nba we will do stupid things for losing this bet so if the mavericks go over three and a half wins i win the bet if they go under three and a half wins isaac wins the bet nick is writing a thousand word piece on jeff withy's impact on the team that's like a season long thing, and and with our with all of our board bets, we got a whole bunch. Don't, of them going I'll on. DM Kirk right now and get that approval. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk would be all for it, man. Jeff Withy got a standing ovation. No, I'm just kidding. He got he got a nice reception from his former team tonight. I couldn't tell if the the ovation was for him or the Jazz players coming off the court like Rubio. <laughs> 
By the way, Ruby had three threes tonight. Dude, so first off, when did like Utah become like Vegas? You know, like when did this like he went from mini Minnesota? You would think that if you go from Minnesota and you got the little young innocent kid in Ricky Rubio, and then you look at Rubio now and he's got the slick back all tatted <laughs> up, the thick beard. Like I tweeted out about like Hannah Montana and like Bad Miley. You would think that Rubio just went off the deep end in L.A. or, you know, whatever it is. But, man, Rubio's like a completely looking, different looking dude in Utah. Well, physically. You go, you go to Utah, what is there to do, right? You know, they probably have some tattoo parlors. And they probably got some, some salons there. And he's just like, well, let me just take advantage of this time that I have to change my look. I love how you refer to it as a salon like Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I do not want to be there. <laughs> Ricky Rubio, though, reminded me tonight that guys with long hair make the point guard position look a lot better. Like, I miss Steve Nash with the hair you know, yeah. bouncing all around. It just makes it, it makes the position look a lot better because when you're, you're ducking and diving in the lane and you're, like, throwing passes, it just flows back and forth, and you can just tell how quick these guys are. I think it just it works kind of like a flag, you know? <laughs> like, as the flag's going behind a car, you can see how fast it's going. You're like, man, that car's going really fast because that flag, I can barely see it. Yeah. And can we talk about the first part of this game when Isaac, it was enjoyable? I, Isaac, you have the Mavericks going four and eighteen to start the season. Four and eighteen. If you picking those, th- if you're only picking three wins. Oh, I was gonna say I didn't predict that at the very beginning. Yeah. How can you? But like I, I, I live my life by optimism. But what? How can you convince me when like they're gonna? <laughs> Right at this moment, that they're gonna beat OKC and San Antonio, some of these guys. If we're losing games against some of these teams, we just lost games to. It's bad. It's really bad. All right, I have one thing that I want to bring up with you. There's a tweet that came out from a me- a prominent media member, a person that has you know a voice that is recognizable in the the NBA media community. He is known mostly for being incorrect about things. God, I know what you're going to bring up. And again, he was incorrect tonight when he tweeted that Kristaps, implying Porzingis, Kristaps Porzingis looking every bit like the next Dirk. Haven't said this in a while. Nick's playing good basketball. Okay. Haven't said this in a while. That's my favorite part of the tweet. Unpack this. It's implying that you say it often. (laughs) So unpack this for me. For anybody that doesn't understand. So on the surface... Okay, white European guy can shoot the three ball, you know, big man. Uh, yeah. Why is the comparison Kristaps Porzingis to Dirk so not just egregious but awful? Well, one, it's unfair to anybody. I mean, because it has a lot to do with Dirk's impact off the court. Like, there will never be another Dirk because of his impact to Dallas. Just everything that he means off the court to the franchise, his loyalty, his just all that stuff. But then like Porzingis comes in and like, obviously you're going to look at when you have a guy that changed the game. I mean, you see the same thing with Michael, you know, with MJ, it's like, who's the next MJ and Grand Hill, Kobe, you know, the list goes on of who, who is the next MJ. So it's really a nod. Like, I don't get that upset. A lot of people get really, really tight about this. And like when everybody that writes for Mavs Moneyball, they get, you know, really, and, and you know what? Like, 
to each float their boat. For me, when I look at him, like, okay, you know that, you know, he's not going to be Dirk, but it's, I think it's just a nod to, to Dirk. Like, it's just a nod that I don't, I like when I see it because I don't believe it, but I like it because we're putting him in that category of who's going to be the next blank. And that blank is not a lot of people. Like you look at the people who get, you know, we've seen it with Michael, like I said, Dirk, Shaq, you know, some people try to say he's going to be the next Shaq. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If, that's probably the least used one. Like, I know, but I'm just trying to think magic. You know, I'd say what magic, Jordan and Dirk. I mean, like who else is, yeah, who Dirk else? Gets, Dirk gets a lot. Jordan he gets, gets a lot. It, he, he gets it because he changed the game. I mean, we'd never seen a seven footer shoot like that. So it's, it's a natural thing to when we see these giants out here shooting these shots like that, they're like, oh, it's the next Dirk, it's the next Dirk. And, I mean, he's not the next Dirk. Like, I don't, you know, lose sleep over it. But I think it's unfair to Porzingis, too. Just let the kid be him. Like, it's, I mean, just let let him be his own thing. And a lot of people forget how Dirk was in his younger years and how fast he was and how, you know, he was a, you know, athletic dude back in his younger years and stuff. But there's a lot of killer instinct that Dirk has that people undervalue, I think. And people just see a Porzingis pulling up from the logo, you know, tonight and just draining it. And that was awesome. You know, it's nasty. He had like 38, I think tonight or something. And yeah, he's had, he's had 30 points in five of his first six games. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, let, let the kid ball out, but no, I I think it's more of a respect factor to Dirk than, than anything, but let the kid be the kid. For Kristaps Porzingis to be the next Dirk. I love comparisons. I I love, you know, looking at a player, trying to just make a reference point. Like, okay, this guy kind of plays like this dude. He has sort of a similar game to this guy, you know. And you can understand if you're saying that Kristaps plays like Dirk. You know, if you said that, that, those words are a lot better to me than is the next Dirk. You know, like, is going to be this player. Because for Kristaps Porzingis to be the next Dirk Nowitzki, think about what Dirk Nowitzki has done. He is now, you know, sixth all-time in – points scored that is i mean talk about like how do you eat an elephant one ear like you know one bite at a time that is you know you're putting the entire elephant before chris Porzingis with that comparison because that is just a lot to chew off for him then he would have to be with the same team for 20 years and only two players have ever done that and one of those is the aforementioned kobe bryant and the other one is dirk He would have to be with the Knicks for another 17 years. And that, to me, is just a hell from which no man has ever emerged from before. I I just do not want his fate to be there. I really hope that he's gone after, you know, his contract's up. I hope he's gone because I don't like James Dolan. But I'm I'm still waiting for somebody to take New York by storm, though. Like, I think that would be speed... I mean, we had like Ewing, you know, back in the day, and but I just I want to see somebody really just take the city and say, you know, Carmelo was supposed to do that, he didn't do it. But I I don't know. I'm rooting for him. I I hope he. I'd like to see him. I hate it because of James Dolan. But take Dolan out of the picture, I would love for Porzingis to stay there his entire career, win a championship in New York. Like, 
do something that no one's ever did before. Like people talked about people uh, whispering back in LeBron's days of, oh, would he go to New York? I mean, that's the Mecca. That's yeah. the, you know, like that's the you know, Madison Square Garden, like everything with it. Would he go there to do it because no one's did it before? Like that would, I don't know. I think it would be uh, something pretty special and something cool to do. Before he went to Miami, that was where everybody thought he was going to go was New York, which is yeah. insane to think about. Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I remember back then, I was thinking, I was like, man, he might entertain it for real and, like, team up and all that stuff. But obviously he didn't. But the front, page of, the front page of ESPN one of those days was LeBron photoshopped into a Knicks jersey, which I remember vividly. Because, <laughs> like, if you're, like, a young star player, or at least this is the mindset I would like to have. Like, if I was in that in that spot, I would want to blaze my own path. And do something not, I mean, we see the MJ shadow. We're going to see the Dirk shadow. We're going to yeah. see, you know, these shadows these players live or, you know, these you know, players leave behind. And what place to blaze your own path that doesn't have a big shadow than New York? And, like, to really just change. Because everybody thinks he's just going to be gone. And, you know, he might. He probably will, you know, if, if it keeps on going down this path. But I don't know. I'm rooting for him. It'd be kind of cool to see him win a title with the, with the Knicks. That would be awesome, especially for another owner. Because in like ten years, like we've talked about. yeah, and yeah, in a different time, but also seem to be awesome to see him win a title for the Dallas Mavericks with Dennis Smith Jr., the perennial All Star point guard. Oh, any day, any day, please, Porzingis, come here. Another idea. Well, speaking of Dennis Smith Jr., let's talk about Dennis Smith Jr. versus Donovan Mitchell because you and I both we profiled both of these players before the draft. We thought it was potential for the Mavericks to take Mitchell if you know Dennis Smith Jr. was gone if Neil Aquino was gone if all the point guards were gone at that point that was a potential guy that you know Mavericks could have targeted in the draft we drafted him in our locked on you know draft that we did over the summer uh, because we traded down to the spot I think he ended up going right to 12 or 13 I think we, with 13 yeah I think we traded down to 13 we traded Denver, with the, no we to. traded with the Pistons so we got yeah. down to 12 and we took him um Donovan Mitchell Harp was Harp on the broadcast today was saying, you know, Donovan Mitchell looks so confident and all this stuff. And then comparing him to Dennis Smith Jr. I think Donovan Mitchell looks more confident than Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down this path a ton because we like Dennis. Um, We can knock on Dennis. We've already prefaced. If you guys have been listening to this podcast since day one, shout out to all the day ones. If you've been listening to this, you know that we have framed this year that it is going to be tough. It is going to, we're going to be, you know, hard on Dennis at some points. We're going to be very, you know, we'll, we'll praise Dennis at the times he deserves. We will also be, you know, and it it doesn't mean that we think he's a terrible player. It just thinks that which just because he's a rookie and that he's going to have flaws. And these are the flaws. Yeah. And like, okay. So, we're we're our I was huge on two players. I tweeted this out before tonight's game. I was I was higher than most on two players going into this draft: Donovan Mitchell and OG Ananobi. <laughs> and OG, I'm open in the corner, Ananobi. <laughs> hey, he's balling for Toronto right now. Did you see that Instagram post? Uh, was it uh, was it CJ Miles or no? I can't remember who on the on the Raptors, but they were they like went in and did like this crazy layup, and he was like, "Bro," he commented on Instagram on on the video, like, "Bro, I was open in the corner." <laughs> I was open. <laughs> that was great. No, but those two guys, I was higher on than most. Like, I think that I I thought they were top ten worthy players, and but Donovan Mitchell, like, he just impacts the game right now. Dennis's main impact, and you could maybe even say only impact, is when he's scoring the basketball. 
Like, yeah, um, he did played- have a game. He did that first game with ten assists. Like, he's had some really good playmaking times, like where he's been able to to set some stuff up. But his most productive has been you know scoring. Yeah, and it's just like you know tonight. I know he only played seventeen minutes, but he had two points, um, three rebounds, and one assist. And it's not like Dennis is you know just locked down defender uh, right now. And and Mitchell's the guy that he just he's a natural baller. He has that. When I said that about Dylan Brooks, like there's some guys that you you can throw out there and you can trust and say do your thing, go impact the basketball yeah. game. And Mitchell. He has the length. Nick and I praised it all through the offseason of why we liked Mitchell a lot was because of his frame. He has a 6'10", 6'11", wing, wingspan as a point guard, you know, combo guard, whatever it is. And he just – he doesn't make, you know, a ton of mistakes. He, he's aggressive and he can score the basketball. His outside shot's looking good. He Gosh, his putback dunk the other night. Holy oh. crap. Like, oh. that was just nasty. Um and but how yeah. about that? How about that steal and that pass tonight in the game? Yeah, he had this steal. I think it was a, a pass that was thrown to Dirk, and he was guarding Dirk on the left side, the left wing. And uh, he grabs the ball. He kind of spins around. Yogi is right in his face, like flailing his arms at him to try to, you know, block the passing lanes, which was good on Yogi. But then Donovan was leaning out of bounds, about to fall down, and he just bounced past it right to I think Rodney Hood, who got a a foul or you know layup or whatever on that the end of that transition bucket but man that was such a heads up play by him yeah so smart so i mean there there's a reason why mitchell got workouts up into like the eighth spot in the draft like i knew i know he worked out for the knicks uh at eight and you know he worked out for dallas and i think harp or follow what even talked about on the broadcast tonight yeah. how he worked out for dallas and everybody loved it and he did great and stuff and good kid good everything so Looking forward to Mitchell's career in Utah, and we were talking before we hit record. You know, where would Mitchell and Smith um, go in like a redraft? And you know, if you had to redraft them over these hypotheticals, I mean, it's safe to say both of them are top ten. Would both of them go higher? Like, would would Smith? You know, Fultz would drop. Tatum would probably go one or two, probably. Yeah, Tatum one or two. Lonzo would probably still go to two. I mean, I can't can't imagine he would go any oh, yeah, different. Yeah. But yeah, Tatum would probably go there. I don't want to do a full rebuild, but well, just out of those top guys, would you say you know Fultz would probably drop down? Maybe Jonathan Isaac. You know, he's okay. You know, he's raw. He's pretty much what we thought. I, I can't believe the Magic didn't take a point guard. I just I still can't yeah. believe that they, there's all those guys available and they could have taken one. And like I, when I look back at it now, you have to think if it was a redraft, both Phoenix. And Orlando would be taking a point guard at this point, whether it's Dennis, Donovan Mitchell, you know, yeah, Fox. Mitchell and Booker would have been nice. Oh yeah, oh so nice. But four was a little high for him. Um. So yeah, I mean, but like you know, they might have taken, they might take Fox at this point. They might have be thinking, oh, I'd rather have Fox, and then Sacramento could have took, you know, a, a Mitchell or Dennis or something like yeah, that. Fox and Booker would have been. <clears throat> so anyway, I. We really like them both. It's cool to, you know, I tweeted out. They both played each other in college you know, earlier this year, back in January, Mitchell and, and Dennis, and Louisville just put it to NC State. They beat them by, like, 25 points, and uh, Dennis had, like, a low game. He had, like, six points, you know, five assists or something, and Mitchell started off that game with the first 14 points for Louisville, <laughs> and he put up 28 that game and just had a big-time game. But anyway, though uh, – 
I think Mitchell will be one of those guys that you look at, you know, like a New York. Dallas will be fine because we got Dennis, but like a New York with Nilakina and even those teams afterwards, it's like, dang, we could have had him. Like even like Zach Collins in Portland, they really, I mean, they're looking Especially at Monk. Especially Zach Collins in Portland. <laughs> and they're looking at like Monk and Mitchell and them right now like, crap, man. Yeah, we said that on the draft too. I've liked Nilakina and I've watched a couple, you know, a couple quarters here and there of, of Nick's play and seen him play and he just, he play, makes some really solid plays. He's been dealing with injuries, so you can you can just tell that he's not completely 100%, you know, his in his athleticism, but his shot looks good. He's he's made some good passes from what I've seen. Uh it's going to be hard for that Knicks team, you know, for anybody because uh there's just no like <laughs> I don't know. There's just not a ton of talent there. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is your second option. That's all you kind of need to know of that team. Yeah, I mean, there's a second scoring option because like Nelikin is not putting, you know, going to put up thirty for you. So he's going to be one of these like all around yeah. numbers type of guy at least right now. And you know what surprises me with New York is, and this is a guy I would love to try to get my hands on. This is a flyer type of guy, is Willie Hernan Gomez. Yeah, like, he's not even playing. Like they put Kyle Quinn over him in the rotation, and Hornacek said, yeah, at this point, O'Quinn's above him in the rotation, so he's not going to be playing right now. Come on, man. That like that's just another. Yeah, like, what are you getting out of playing Kylo Quinn above Hernan Gomez? I, I don't understand that, and I also think that he's better than Kylo Quinn right now. Yeah, Kylo yeah. Quinn's probably one of those really good players in practice, where he, you know. <laughs> but people in New York are probably looking at Dallas, saying, "What are you guys doing playing Dwight Powell?" <laughs> so I was gonna make that comment, but I'm trying to reserve my Powell comments. It happens going, all going over forward. the league. Random players get played over others for you know reasons that we will never know. Yep. Speaking of reasons we will never know, the last thing I want to get to today is uh, something that a couple of the Mavs Moneyball writers were arguing about. Uh, Josh Bowe specifically, Carlisle and a rebuilding team. And he his Josh Bowe's question was, what would Carlisle look like? You know, what how did, how is Carlisle going to handle a rebuilding team? And I just said he he's doing it right now. So <laughs> he's he's handling a rebuilding team as we speak. That's what this team is. So the last question I want to get to today is. How do you think he's handling this rebuilding team? And what do you think he needs to do better? What do you think he needs to do less? You know, what do we think about Carlisle in a bad rebuilding team? So it all goes back to your perspective of like how, what's the best way to rebuild. And it kind of goes down to, you can boil it down to the perspective of what, what's the best way to um, have a rookie come into his rookie season. Do you like it for a rookie to come in and you give him the reins and throw him the ball and say, go out and log 35 minutes a night. You're going to make mistakes, but experience is going to help you win or I mean, help you get better. Or are you, are you the type of franchise that says, Hey, I want you to set back like a DeJounte Murray or something. I want you to set back. I want you to learn. You're going to play sporadically, but I want you to learn here and there and not log 35 minutes a night. Those are the two mindsets. And it's kind of like your mindset's on tanking, too, and what Cuban has said in the past of, hey, nobody's going to get better just losing all the time. Like, we got to win. They got to learn how to win. So when we look at, like, Carlisle and stuff, I think he's kind of riding between the lines because to some people's perspective, coaching a rebuilding team will be – because I've seen this on Twitter tonight. Like, why are we playing J.J. and Devin? If we're gonna rebuild, if we if we're gonna <laughs> we lose this, stuff, this in the off season, <laughs> yeah, like why are we why are we playing that? We should be playing Yogi overall. That we should be playing Clavel. We like 
We shouldn't be. Dennis should be logging 35 minutes a night. If that if that is your perspective, if that is your opinion on how a rebuilding team should be, that that is how players get better, then yeah, it might not make sense. But it seems like with Carla and them, that their perspective is, hey, we're going to play these young guys some, but we also want to try to play winning basketball also. It's not working, obviously, because we're not winning. But, but they've been close. Kinda, they've been close in a lot of those games, like we mentioned. They've been close, and but you kind of, in, in a surprising way, and we've, we've touched on it somewhere over the past week or so, you kind of see Carlisle leaning the other way sometimes too because it's just flat-out honest. Like, J.J. should be finishing games sometimes over Dennis Smith Jr. if we're going for the win. But you we've seen in fourth quarter sometimes they take J.J. out. We just talked about a few games ago. They take J.J. out when he's been balling out and put yep. Dennis back in. And it's a it's a learning experience for Dennis. And he, he's going to build and grow off this, but we're going to lose sometimes too. And so it's kind of this new, you know, Carlisle's just riding this balance because he does stay loyal to his veterans. We see it with Dirk. Is it the best thing in the world for wins that Dirk starts? Probably not. Like at this point in his career, it might be better for him to be a six man, like a Zach Randolph was in Memphis last year, and let Nerland start with you know once Curry gets in there and all that stuff. But they also have a loyalty to these these veterans too, and it's just kind of it's kind of riding this balance. And how is Carlisle doing with it? I think he's doing just fine with it because I I would rather it be in the middle. I would rather do that and than us say, hey, we're gonna suck this year, so let's just lose a lot and play you know Yogi and Dennis thirty minutes a game because they're young. We need them to grow, and Devin's gonna log like ten minutes. I don't I, I'm not about that method, even though a lot of people are. I'm not about that. And so I like the balance. I don't mind. Just like I, just like we said in the Memphis game the other day, I didn't. I thought it was frustrating that yeah they take you know JJ out, but I wasn't mad after Dennis took that shot and we lost against Memphis. Yeah, I was no, mad that we lost, but I wasn't mad that Dennis finished that game because he is going to learn from that. But I want wins, and I do. I do want wins, but I think there is a balance that you can go for wins and show your your young guns how to win, but also allow your young guns to make mistakes in a rebuild also. So I know it's a long winded kind of confusing answer, but the one thing I don't understand is playing Devin and JJ together for like extended minutes, because I think you need to, to, to pepper these young guys in with the older guys, like, and play them together on the court. Now, sometimes that it's not going to work out positionally. However, they're playing a lot of two point guard sets. So, so at that point and three point guard sets, when you put Devin at the three at that, you know, at that point. So there are ways of, you know, of, you know, peppering these guys in, I, I understand playing. You know, the veterans. You have to. I, I think if you know, you can't just leave them on the bench. You know, they are you know players too that have contracts coming up, and you know they're playing better than. And you want to keep the culture because look at, look at the Phoenix Suns right now, man. Like, oh, that is a team that openly tanked last year. They set Eric Blood. They set this. They did to Eric Bledsoe what. Everybody wants to, you know, the Mavericks to do with JJ and Devin. They just straight up sat him down. It was a healthy, you know, DNP, you know, CD or whatever, just for the entire last month of the season. And even then, some. Now he wants out, and their coach is out, and you know, like all this, their defense is awful. You know, the development of some of these players that we were looking at, like a guy like TJ Warren, should he be better at this point? You know, Devin Booker, he, you know, he's a good scorer, but is he good at literally anything else? We just don't know. You know, these guys are coming in and they're just not getting 
the development, and maybe that's, you know, the rest of their coaching staff. There's a ton of factors. It's not just because they didn't try to win games, but I think that it could have helped. You know, I think, I think Giannis getting into some of the, getting into a playoff series early in his career was really good for him. Now he's in the East. So that's a lot different, but I think that was really good for him. I think it's, it's good to see some of these younger teams get into a playoff race, you know, super young. It's good for an Anthony Davis to play the Warriors in that, what was that? 2015, in yeah. the playoffs where, you know, he went against them and it was a four-game series, but it was still competitive and that guy was able to get in there and, you know, play you know play his butt off against those guys and it was good experience for him. So you you have to keep the culture because if you don't keep the culture, you end up being, you know, a Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like, you know, for sure. there's, you know, or the, the 76ers are, are just getting back from it. It's been five years and they're still, I mean, awful. <laughs> what are they like two and two and eight now or two and six or whatever they are now. And they're still not a great team and you know, they're just coming back from it. So they do have a ton of talent on that team, but the culture, you just, you know, it's, that's not something you can get back overnight if you lose it and you can lose it really quick. Exactly. I mean that, that you said it perfect. I mean the culture part that's, I mean, you, you gotta know, you gotta learn how to win. It's not just that that's what, you know, some of these rookies just come in. They think that, hey, I got talent. They've been the star player in the high school team, AAU. Some of them go to college. Get out they're, the way. That's their man. Like, I mean, they're the guy, the team, and all this stuff. And then they come to the league, and it's like, holy crap. Like, everybody's just as good as I am. And now you got to learn how to win. And you learn how to win by playing with players who know how to win. And – that's why it's so key for some of these players, like you said, Giannis, and like when you see some of these teams that's fighting for the, that's right, or, you know, playoff time, and it's like the eighth, ninth, you know, even tenth seed, and some of these guys, you know, some of these teams are fighting for it, and some of these fan bases or people are like, why are you fighting for it? You're you're not gonna you're not gonna go anywhere. You're just gonna get swept by the Warriors. Well, you know how big it would be if Dallas is at nine. You know how big it would be for the future of the franchise for Dallas to, you know, for Dennis to have a a playoff series, or you know how big it would be for Denver for you know Jokic to just get a taste Tomorrow. of the playoffs. Yeah, just those young guys. So like it just, I mean, you hear and you talk to people who just the experience of the playoffs is just a whole different ball game, and just for them and their their growth as players. And so, yeah, I mean. You got to keep the culture, and Dallas seems like they're trying to trying to stay in between that with the veterans and young guys. My 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 only issue with it is if you are in this rebuilding stage, that I want more flyer type of guys. Like I want more. I would like to you know to chase an Okafor to get a Willie Hernan Gomez to these t- these young guys that you could develop into something instead of rostering two guys at the end of your bench and like Jeff Withy and Salamedri. That's you know, like you know what they are, and they're the same position. They're you know stuff like that. So that's my only issue. I, I'm I have more issues with how the roster is constructed compared to how the coaching and minute and stuff going on. Yeah, and minute by minute by minute, you know, there's so many factors into that. We you, you know, there's such a small sample size at the beginning of the season. It's easy to look at some of these games, and we've done it. We've been victim to this to just look at games, and be like, oh my gosh, why is Dennis Smith Jr. only playing? What did he play? 17 minutes tonight? Like, how dare he? You know, only play that? You don't know what's going on. There was a play in the third, maybe early fourth quarter where he went down and he went off screen, like you just didn't even see him on defense. And then the Mavericks went back, and he was walking around a little weird, and. So like a, a little limp and you couldn't tell if that's just, you know, a lazy way of him walking or if he actually, you know, had like a little bit of a limp there. So you just have no idea what's going on with, with some of these guys, especially a guy that's been out for two games already with an injury. So that's could be one of the answers for that. 
Nerlens Noel, same thing. You know, he was dealing with that elbow thing during the game. You just, you just don't know if that's one of the reasons why they're being held out of the game until, you know, Carlisle speaks to the media or we hear, you know, something otherwise from that. So looking at these game-by-game minutes is not super helpful. No, and there was, there was some talk about Dennis's knee before this game tonight. Yeah. And um, just some small question if he was going to play and different stuff and, you know, obviously end up playing. And, you know, their next matchup is against Beverly. <laughs> And the Clippers. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, you know, will he, <clears throat> will he play? And if he does play, um, you know, good, valuable experience against, you know, one of your favorite players in the league. Blake Griffin? <laughs> Pat Beverly. <laughs> oh, the center who should not be named? <laughs> Another thing I heard about Dennis Smith Jr.'s knee, and this is from a source, is that now he can, with this, with his, his knee and how they reconstructed it, he can tell when it's going to rain like the day before. Hmm. I'm just totally joking. Guys, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to Locked On Mavericks. We really appreciate it on this Halloween day, night, whatever you guys are doing. Get out there. If you don't have a family, don't be weird and go trick-or-treating. Just don't do that. That's just, nah, do it. Just dress up. Dress up as like Chewbacca. Uh, the, 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 shaming of, the, the shaming of grown grown men and women trick-or-treating is, you know, is, is healthy. That is a healthy shaming that should happen. Leave it for the kids, man. I do it for the kids. And watch Stranger Things 2. It's amazing. Nah, don't. This show's weird. Stop it. You've only watched one episode of season watch one. Watch Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Guys, attack Isaac Harris on Twitter. He's only watched one episode of Stranger Things from season one or two. And be- not even the full episode. Yeah, that's true. I'm in it like half an episode of Stranger <laughs> Things, and I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Go to Draft. Follow me, Locked On Nick. Uh, follow me on Twitter. At locked on or at, follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac on Twitter at Isaac Harris NBA. You can follow us also at Locked On Mavs. Thank you so much for joining us. Peace out. Oh, oh you said my co-ghost. I'm at lost. <laughs>